that wound isn't open, but the wound is, it's got a, a crusty Chase. scab on it now <laughs> that you itch a lot. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Great. We're so excited today to be joined by Nikki. Nikki, thank you so much for joining hey, us. Nikki. Thanks so much for having me. Do you mind giving us your age, your region, whatever you're comfortable sharing, and also the age of if there's a partner in question, and then your story? Yeah, okay. So um, I'm 29, and my fiancé is 31. We both live in Toronto. We both live and work um, in the city. And my situation, the reason why um, I wrote into the podcast is because we are planning a wedding this year, um, which is going to come up very soon. (laughs) Um, And so far, the wedding planning process is going really well. Um, It's actually something that we've really enjoyed. It's kind of like a fun project we get to work on together. And so for our jobs, we're both kind of in like a coordinator type of role. And so we're used to like the project management aspect of it. So that has like, we've applied all of that to our wedding. We have like spreadsheets. We have (laughs) Like all of our guest lists, our budget, everything is is kind of in a spreadsheet. We're pretty organized. An Excel wedding. Wow. (laughs) Best kind. Sponsored by Excel. (laughs) Nice. And so we've, um, yeah, we've pretty much been like dividing and conquering all of the like wedding planning tasks that have come up. And so I've handled things like decor and florals, and he's kind of handling like wedding or the um, like hotel blocks, transportation and all that kind of stuff. And so it's been really smooth so far, luckily. Um, We are getting some um, financial help from my in-laws and they are are really wonderful, really supportive of of everything that we're doing. Um, They're a little bit more traditional than we are. And we're a little bit disappointed that we weren't having um, a church ceremony. And that's something that my fiance kind of had to break the news to them that we had decided it wasn't for us. And it just didn't make sense for us to go through with with that kind of ceremony, which they understood and they were okay with. But the reason that I kind of wrote in in the situation that we're dealing with is that because we're not getting married in a church, we have the opportunity to do personalized vows, which is something that I've always thought that I wanted. Um, And my fiance is less on board with it. He hasn't flat out said no. So I have kind of a window of opportunity here where I can kind of plead my case and, and, and try to figure out what it is that, um, that he's hesitant about or, or what his exact reasons are for not really wanting to do that. There's a few reasons that he might be hesitant. I think one of them is kind of just like the public speaking aspect of it. Um, There's going to be about 150 guests. And so Mm. I think saying something that words that personal in front of all of your family and friends can be kind of nerve wracking. He doesn't think he's a great writer, which I actually disagree with. I've heard him make speeches at other weddings before, and he's actually um, much better than he thinks he is. And so that's something that I kind of want to get out of his head that he isn't capable of doing it. And then thirdly, he thinks that like personalized vows, the whole reason behind it has been like over romanticized by movies and TV, which I agree with, but that doesn't make me want it any less. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honesty. Should make you want it more. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of what I wanted to get your guys' input into just like, should I compromise here? Are there things that we can do to like ease um, the nerves a little bit and kind of like your wedding experience? Because I loved your episode that you did all about your wedding. I thought it was so interesting. And because I'm in the middle of planning a wedding, it was so relevant to like everything that we're doing. And oh, so, yeah, that's, 
I wanted to get your input. Great. So, Thank so you totally lied to me about this call. <laughs> So, Nikki, sorry, before this call, so Andy's like, can you give me just sort of like the bare bones idea of, you know, what it's about? And I totally mixed up your, I, I've got the wrong email. Yeah, I'm sorry. She, should I tell? And don't get me wrong, like your email, like I, I put in the caller pile, which meant that I thought it was a great caller email, but I totally just messed up. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> so he was mentally prepared for a different one. This yes. is why you just shouldn't know anything. I shouldn't know anything. Yeah, it, it just works one, against you. one way or another, you're going to lie to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Congratulations, first of all. And yeah. second of all, I'm going to say it right off the bat. No, you should not compromise. And <laughs> I say that because the half of the point of a wedding are these traditions. Don't yeah. you, do you agree with me on this? Oh, I, I do. Now that I know what the question is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you can say that the idea of personalized vows are over-romanticized, but at the same time, the the entire wedding is, the entire wedding industry. This is the thing. It's, and this is very, it's a hackneyed phrase, but things that are the most difficult are the most rewarding. You know, so yes, if you're afraid of public speaking and you don't think you're going to be good at the vows, it's going to be difficult, but you're going to put extra work in, right? He's going to actually really put some serious work and thought into this because he doesn't want to screw it up. And in doing so, he's probably going to have an experience that he's going to be grateful for after the fact. Before, when his stomach is rumbling and mm -hmm. during when he's, you know, his mouth is dry, he may have some regrets. But afterwards, he, I promise you, will say, oh, you know what? I'm glad you pushed me to do that. 100%. Because that was so much better than if some random person, I don't know if you have a random person officiating. I don't want to <laughs> disparage the officiant, but... Assuming it's relatively random, whoever is giving doing the ceremony is just going to give like standard vows. It's not yeah, interesting. And yeah. And that's kind of my reasoning for it as well, is that like I want to inject that like more personal element into it rather than just kind of like reciting the standard script that you would do if if it was more of a church wedding or more of a religious mm -hmm. ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, and so our officiant is someone we know. It's like a friend of a friend. Um, mm -hmm. And so, again, we have to kind of meet with them um, probably closer to the wedding date to kind of figure out what their template is and see like how I think if we get more details on exactly how long the vows should be in kind of a rough format that might help um, that might help us write them and actually help them be a little bit like cohesive in a sense, like so sure. they're not completely different. OK, yeah. So agree with all of that. Mm -hmm. And I definitely do think that when you do have a non-denominational wedding, like you said, there you want to add a sort of flavor there that is is really quite natural. Like it really shouldn't be that difficult. Mm -hmm. And two things to bear in mind: the first is that look, I hate public speaking. I know this probably sounds mm -hmm. ridiculous because I perform for a living, but singing and speaking are totally different things. And I think I was more nervous about her vows than you were, actually. Yeah, you may have been. I think I definitely was actually. Mm -hmm. I just don't like speaking in public. It freaks me out. I would rather sing because I can hide behind my singing voice. You know, I don't, it's too much pressure. It's the number one human fear above death. What? Public speaking. I thought the dentist really? was up there too. The dentist is not even close to the top five <laughs> of human fears. It's number one is, that's ridiculous. I mean, maybe the dentist is the top five on things on an average day that okay, you don't want to okay. do. All right. But nice, nice try. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I'm not confident enough to argue about it. <laughs> no, it's public speaking, then death. Okay. So the first thing is just to put his mind at ease about it. And this is coming from someone who also hates public speaking. It's different when it's your wedding. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel annoying as I say that because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you'll know when you do it. But in my case, you know, you look around the room and these are all people you've invited and they've all taken time out of their lives or gone out of their way, maybe hopped on a plane to come and celebrate the two of you. Like there literally is no fucking up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truly. Actually, as a matter of fact, you can make an argument that they would be into you fucking oh, up they because would that would at least it. create some entertainment. Yes. Yeah. If you go to yeah. a wedding, you're like, oh, they're going to say their own vows. I got to sit through this. And they're like, oh, he's fucking up. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So the worst case scenario is it's it's better. Yeah, it'll be a funny story later. Exactly. Yeah. Worst case scenario is it goes off without a hitch and no one laughs because it's just sincere yeah. and sweet and they're, and everyone just cries instead. Yeah. And you just, get a lot of compliments afterwards. Yeah. You're like, oh, your yeah. vow is very good. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you guys kind of go about writing your vows? Like, was it a process that you did separately or what, did you try to like make them the same length? Was there any discussion about that? There was no collaboration. <laughs> no collaboration whatsoever. <laughs> I wrote mine the night before in the hotel room. Hmm. I was I was like in the fir- in the two days before the wedding. I, Ooh, I got it down. look at you! Yeah, I had an extra day <laughs> prep. <laughs> I'm proud of yourself, Auntie. Yeah. I mean, technically, you should be more proud because you had less time to make such a great <laughs> vow. <laughs> That's such a you thing to say. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that honestly is up to the couple. Is he? I don't worried? think you should collaborate. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, I don't know. think it should collaborate. It should be each of your very personal I, things. Okay, I mean, I think that's the preference. I think we can all agree that's a preference. Yeah. Like, you would probably prefer to be surprised by what he says. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. If that's the difference between him ripping off the Band-Aid and doing it or not, I don't think it's the end of the world if they help each other or if she helps him. I don't think she asked if it was the end of the world. She just <laughs> asked a preference. And the preference is don't collaborate. She- yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely not the end of the world. Definitely yeah. not. So something, some advice I got from a friend was that like, maybe if he's nervous about them sounding too different, recite them to somebody that you trust, each of you separately. So that one person can kind of critique and say like, oh, Nikki's is too long. You need to cut it down. Or like, oh, Eric had five jokes in his, like, that's too many. You should cut it down and kind of like, make sure that they at least are kind of the same length and, and sound a little bit similar in nature. I, I might be overthinking it but that this is kind of what I'm trying to kind of ease his his nerves in like in in the extra like planning okay that's yeah. fair yeah I th- that's very generous of you I do feel like it's possible both of you are overthinking this mm-hmm. yeah maybe. just a little bit when you when you think about like similar tone similar length I would say one thing if you want you can agree on a length uh, a range so his, you yeah. know, so his aren't like 20 minutes and yours are 30 seconds. You, know, you don't want yeah. that. I can find one second. I can show you the length of ours. Because oh, I have, have one printed here. Oh, wow. Oh, there she goes. For reference, these were mine. So one page. Long. Does that look long? <laughs> that looks long to me. <laughs> no, that's not too long. That goes by pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Andy's were slightly shorter, but. A little bit. Better. Andy's, I think, were better than oh. mine. Andy's were better in terms of like it was just, a performance. Like he went for the laughs. It was just funny. Yeah. And mine went for like r- inside jokes that okay. most people probably didn't really get, but he understood. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I think the combo of the two made for like, like I said, more flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, there's something kind of nice in them not necessarily matching. Yeah, yeah. I agree. 
And I've been to enough weddings to confirm that from the audience, audience, from the guest perspective, too. This is, is that this like is nobody what... really cares. Well, yeah. And the times where I've seen, I've been to weddings where it's usually the woman, the, the woman's vows are usually longer, I oh, yeah. guess. And of course, we're talking about a straight wedding here, but the females' vows tended to be longer. But they also tended to be really sentimental, sweet. And then the guys were shorter. And it's not like I was like, well, those didn't match. Yeah. It never yeah. once crossed my mind. The only yeah. thing that's ever crossed my mind, and I know it's crossed 90% of people in the wedding party's <laughs> minds, is this is going on longer than I would like. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, people always, you know, no one tells the truth. Everyone's always <laughs> lying to everybody. But the fact is people are sitting, they've been, you know, it's a long ceremony sometimes. There's a lot of, you know, like, uh, what do you call it with things that come before something? Preambles? Yeah, whatever. Something like that. <laughs> overtures? <And> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, overture. Yeah. That's music. Yeah, but you can also, it's, it applies. Sure. Overture. Anyway, they're they're weary, to say the least. They've been through yeah. a lot. And they're ready to, like, just power through. However, if something is short and sweet... They may maybe like, oh, wow, that was great. It was short and I liked it as opposed yeah. to, you know, OK, like this is taking to. So my advice is, is keep it short and sweet and also watch out who goes first, because whoever is clearly going to be funnier should go last. I agree with that. Ah, OK, yeah. that's good insight. Yeah. yeah. Don't have the funny person go first because then the second one's always a letdown. Yeah, people like funny. <laughs> they you do. Know? Yeah. They like funny. They know it's going to be sweet. They know it's going to be heartfelt. And unless it's something very specific, like something about some loss or some some um, shared experience that was very intense that a lot of mm. people in the wedding party know about, it's really, nothing's going to really stand out. Like people are going to be like, that was amazing. But they are going to like funny. They always <laughs> like funny. So there's there's nothing worse than someone being really funny and then the next person being like totally serious, heartfelt and going on a little too long. That's a disaster. Yeah. If I were to plan a recital, I wouldn't end with the long, slow piece. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I would end with the short, fast, yep. more like sparkly piece. Yeah. Star Spangled Banner. That's how you end. So, Nikki, did that? Did we answer your question? Did we, yeah, did we help you so. at all? <laughs> that like I shouldn't compromise on what it is that I want. Out of Definitely this not. And I think like part of um, part of it in my email as well was that like um, when it comes to like special occasions like birthdays or anniversaries, like I'm a person who puts a lot of stock into like a handwritten card and like I'll write a nice message. And I spent time thinking about it and like writing something nice and meaningful and sometimes I don't always get that sentiment in return and even when when he proposed he was so nervous that like the only words he could really get out was like will you marry me (laughs) it was kind of like the whole shock of it all was enough to like there was too much like adrenaline that like Mm. I didn't moment but then afterwards I was like oh it would have been nice to have a few more like words along with that to know like the specific reason, like, obviously, you know, that he loves me, like, I hear that every day. Um, but the like, really specific reasons, and like, the mm-hmm, vow mm-hmm. is just, like, that extra reason why I want that. And so even if it wasn't like, one of the compromises I was kind of willing to make was that I've seen some people do it where they'll do personalized vows, but just to each other, like in private, maybe after the ceremony or during like a first look, which is not something that we're going to do. But like, if we have a private moment with like our photographer, then we could do it in that moment. I was going to suggest that as like plan B um, mm. if the if the personalized vows, 
in the ceremony didn't get didn't go through and so that was kind of my contingent plan if I didn't get my way (laughs) would you say he struggles to be effusive in general yes okay I think so Okay, that kind of tracks them. I think you should. I think you should force him to I do this. I think you should too. I really do. I'm not saying that as a joke. I think he should do this. Because I agree. You just tell him, it's like, no matter what you say, I'm gonna be. Don't worry. You could say anything you want, and you're gonna be fine in my eyes. Don't think about the people watching. But I want you to tell me specifically why we're doing mm-hmm. this, and that's all I want. Yeah. Doesn't have to be and funny. Then- doesn't have to be short. <laughs> doesn't have to be long. Whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be snappy. Mm-hmm. It can really drag. It doesn't matter. And it could be as long as it's specific. It could be five sentences. Yep. It could be ten words. There's no such thing as too short, in my opinion. No, especially at a wedding. <laughs> Shorter the better. You can make this as easy, like as as 101 for him as possible. Mm-hmm. But th- what you absolutely should not do after what you've told us here tonight, I think, is compromise. It's something you really do remember forever. Even we were like the least weddingy people, like you heard the episode. Mm-hmm. We really hemmed and hawed a lot over whether or not to have one. Mm-hmm. You know, the day goes by in such a blur, but I will never forget that moment. I don't remember mm-hmm. so much about the wedding day. Like yeah. when people say they remember everything, I'm like, bullshit. I don't remember a lot. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. it literally just flew by. I totally agree with you. As, as the as the bites of information slowly leave my brain over the next few decades, the last one remaining will be me watching her give her personalized vows. Aww. Right back at you. No, it's, <laughs> I totally, wow, that was really, that was super touching. But I completely, completely agree. And so yeah. this is one of those battles that you pick. Okay. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, I appreciate that. And I think he has brought up in these discussions that he also like doesn't want to disappoint me. Like if there's, if I have certain expectations about what I want him to say. And so I think like giving him, a format or giving him like someone to recite his his vows to before the ceremony just to ease his nerves yeah i think help. Mm-hmm. i yeah. love that idea by the yeah, way like sort of a mutual friend who just sort of keeps it a, separate yeah, third party arbiter yeah like, yeah, like yeah. A, yeah. an accountant <laughs> more so for his peace of mind than really for editing yeah. purposes yeah. i think right just to feel that like he can do this yeah and someone will be like oh that's good yeah thank you yeah I totally think you should just stick to your guns. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. It's the last thing he needs to do before he can settle into marriage (laughs) and do nothing. (laughs) Well, because let's be honest, the rest of life, it's not like those things go up. Yeah. It's not like you start Mm. getting more handwritten cards and more professions of love and more of him being effusive about what he loves about you specifically, you become more mm-hmm. and more comfortable with each other. And so this is the time he and, can do and, it. And, and I want to reiterate, he will regret having agreed to this for one day and then he yeah. will be grateful for a lifetime. Versus possibly regretting for a lifetime that he hadn't. Yes, that is implied. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And also just a tip, if you want to tell him, my policy with these kind of things is open, serious, and then alternate between funny and serious and then close serious. Okay. Yeah. And That's how always many, good policy. <laughs> and was and since yours was shorter than Charlene's, like how many like like jokes would you Here. kind of fix in there? Let's, let's I only have mine. You only have yours? I don't have yours. Oh. Um, what did I have? Like fifteen vows or something? Twelve? Fifteen vows? How many how many of those how many like individual vows did I have? I don't know if it was really vows. It was more like a little speech. 
It was a speech, but I also kind of like there were bullet points. Half of mine were okay. I had let's. I'm going to estimate. I said 14 things, specific things about what I vow to her, mm-hmm. and and I would say half of them were obviously funny, but none of the funny ones were insincere. Maybe one or right. two were a little like <laughs> questionable, but they were none of them were like a total joke. And if yeah. he wants to email it to Andy to edit, I'm volunteering yeah. you. Andy's the best editor. Oh yeah, I, I would be happy to look at it. I like that yours was printed out because there was only I have only been to one friend's wedding where they did personalized vows and they both read them off of their iPhones, which at, at first oh, oh, come on no no no. no, no. And then no. the funny part of the funny parts of the vows were kind of too, leaning too much into the inside jokes that like nobody really kind no. of no understood them. Yeah. Yeah. If it's funny, it's got to be funny for everybody. Exactly. And so I feel like that was, again, one of the instances that he brings up and he's like, oh, well, we don't, we we can't make our vows like those people. And I'm like, well, obviously we won't. They'll be way better. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's what everyone says about every detail about every other person's wedding. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. For what it's worth, I have a friend uh, where they uh, separately wrote their vows, like handwritten in cute little notebooks. So it was also aesthetically pleasing. That's going to the next level. We both just had a printed out page. This is one of the rare questions where I don't think there's any like deep rooted issues we need to discuss. Mm -mm. I think the closest thing it comes to is that he is not super comfortable about opening up about the specifics of your relationship to a whole group of Mm -hmm. people. And that's understandable. It's understandable. But I want to reiterate, he must do this. No exceptions. Be very nice about it, but he must do this. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll have a side conversation with our officiant and tell her that it's like a requirement. (laughs) Yeah. Like to really kind of, I don't know. I I fear that just like coming from me, I don't want to be too like pushy about it either. Like, yeah, make her the bad... Make them, the her or him, the efficient, the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so, so you feel like you couldn't just tell him that it really means a lot to you and you'd really like him to do it? Yeah. I think, like, again, I feel like I've gotten that point across. Yeah, I think she's And maybe, that. and like, we've, we've talked about it a few times, but again, I don't want to be too pushy. And so I kind of just like, we'll put it on the back burner. It's not like an urgent matter. It's something that we can deal with closer to the, to the day. But then I... Every time, like, I'll bring it up in a joking way and he'll kind of like laugh it off. And so I'm like, I'm treading carefully as to like when and how I bring it up. Because again, I don't want to be like in a naggy way. Like, this is something you have to do. Like, I'll be upset if you don't. You sound very considerate. <laughs> I, I don't think it should be that difficult, personally. Yeah. Do we be a little less Canadian, more New York when you ask <laughs> yeah. him to do the yeah. vows? Yeah. Okay. You know, he can, he can, he can do it. He can do it. He's an adult. He, he can, can do, do it. it. Yeah. 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 I don't think you need to tiptoe around too much with that. Okay. And if you want to go to the efficient, you can make them the bad guy. But mm-hmm. I personally think that you should not have to do that. Okay, Nikki, I hope this helped. Yeah. Keep us posted. <laughs> and, and serious, if he wants to send his vows to Andy, I don't know if he knows we exist, but if he wants to, yeah. Andy's available. I'm volunteering good. you. A good neutral yeah. third party. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations and best wishes with the wedding. Thank you so yeah. much. Bye. Bye. It's <sighs> always good. Gets better every time. Is it, is, I mean, is that not delightful? The, the, there's so much sweat and pressure oh, yeah. and heat, and then it's immediately just really. Oh, it's just delightful. Mm. You know what else was delightful? 
Nikki. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Very wow, sweet. Easy peasy. Yeah, that was that was a very easy yeah. call. <laughs> no, no hate mail coming on this one. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> yeah, maybe someone will find something there. But yeah. that was a softball. And she knew it too. Yeah. That was, I think, just such a sweet question. Yeah. And you know, it really gets kind of gets to the root of what a wedding is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh you could just elope. Go to Vegas. You could just go to City Hall and not do vows. Or you even, know, yeah. City you know, Hall. you don't, the whole idea of a wedding, there is a performative aspect and it is sort of celebrating your love. And I actually personally think that personalized vows are like kind of key, like top three reasons why you have a wedding. Agreed. And they're one of the only truly bespoke parts of the ceremony. Yes. If not the only bespoke Well, I guess part. it depends on the wedding. We're, we're speaking from Sure, our there are experience. wild weddings yeah, out yeah. there. But on average, you take the real, the, the center of the, of the parabola. Yeah. Most weddings, not that much is, you know, swinging for the fences. No, it's true. I, I was joking that people don't want, you know, p- people to write their own vows because it takes a long time. And they're like, ugh. But people do want to hear a good vow. Yes, they doesn't do. matter if it's a little lengthy. They want to hear a good vow. And a good vow is a specific vow. Mm-hmm. And also a funny vow, but you know, you don't have to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of a lot of pressure to be like, make it funny. Mm-hmm. But if it comes from the heart, you know, if it's a healthy relationship, there are things that are innately funny about it. Yeah. That's just true. Absolutely. Like the things that uh, that were funny about my vows, about you and our relationship, it wasn't me being like, oh, I'm going to inject humor at this point no, because no, no, it's no. been serious until now. It happened naturally because like I made a joke about I I've, I promised to wash your 85 white V-neck T-shirts. Oh, I said that in my vows and people laughed and like yeah, it, was it's, funny it because stems it's true. from truth. Yes. True. No, nothing is funnier than the truth. Mm-hmm. Comedy without truth is just hack. Yes. It's not it's not real funny. Humor is, as Woody Allen said, tragedy plus time or truth plus time. You can insert that. It, it, it's always based in truth. Do you need time? <laughs> you need time. You can't make a joke right after someone gets hit by a bus. Oh, so tragedy plus time or just truth. You don't it's, need yeah, the time. It's tragedy plus time or truth. <laughs> Period. Sorry, I guess, I guess that was slightly unrelated. <laughs> Same general idea. (laughs) And there's never a better opportunity to make truthful jokes than, I believe, in your actual vows, because you're you're faced with the ultimate truth. Mm -hmm. You're spending the rest of your life with this person. Yeah. You've spent probably every day with them for a a very long time. Yeah. There's a lot of truth. Yeah. And there's a lot of specifics, and people want to know. Do you like how I volunteered your editing services? I was about to give her my rate. She'll get it gratis because I forgot. (laughs) Okay, I think that's a wrap for this one then. Yeah, that was that was pretty easy. If only all calls were this easy. We're gonna watch everything, every comment's gonna be like, I can't believe you did this. <laughs> How dare you tell her what to do? How dare he tell her what to do? How dare anyone tell anyone anything? How dare you think anything that you wanna think or say or do or anything? How dare you be a human being? <laughs> The only thing that made me raise one eyebrow throughout this whole conversation was she was afraid of bringing it up too many times with him or being naggy. You know, there's a lot in between expressing something that you would like your partner yeah. to do for you on your wedding day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and becoming naggy. Like there's a lot of in between. Well, there. that's the thing. It's like a, it's like a life once in a lifetime pass. It's like, you're not like, like, can you do me a favor? I just want to have like a threesome with these guys I really like at the grocery (laughs) store. And it would really mean a lot to me. 
you know, it's not, that's not what it is. Yeah. It's your wedding. Mm-hmm. You can ask for anything you want yes. and you should get it. Yes. Period. Yes. Especially if it's and non-financial. It's not like, you know, she's asking for like, I want a wedding, you know, in Monaco yeah. with like, you know, a whole like uh, uh, people on horseback and elephants. <laughs> but you're making a good point. The thing she's asking for is not monetary. No. And it's also. It's feeling. It's not frivolous. Nope. It's feelings. It actually shows how much she loves him that she's asking him to do that. Yes. She's not getting anything. It's not like she's getting something material or she's just asking him to express to her exactly why he loves her. The issue here, I think, is more so that he it, it, it sounds like being effusive does not come naturally to him more so than him not wanting to speak publicly. Yeah. That's the impression I get, because it sounds like he's given talks at other people's weddings. Yeah. yeah. So. I feel like I was focusing more on the public speaking part as we were talking with her. But the more I think about it, the more I think he probably doesn't tell her on a day to day basis specifically what he loves about her. And now he's being asked to not only do that, but do it in front of other people. Yeah. It's daunting. Mm. But sorry, man up. Do it. I I agree. (laughs) Man up. Be a man. You're getting married. It's an emotional feelings thing. She's not asking a lot. She's not asking a lot. Okay, I think that's a wrap then, Andy. Sure is. For this caller. Andy, we are joined by another caller now. Excellent. Our next caller is Kate. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Kate. Hi, thank you. I'm 29 years old, and the other person in question is 32 years old, and I am currently in France. Ooh, how lovely. Currently in France. Wouldn't everyone (laughs) like to be currently in France? I know. I want to currently be in France. Me too, currently. (laughs) I hope you appreciate it, Kate. Yeah, it's a (laughs) lovely place to be. Let's hear your predicament, the reason you called today. So a few years ago, I was in a relationship and it was very tumultuous, very up and down. You know, in retrospect, you know, I'm hesitant to accuse people of specific things, but I think a lot of the behavior that was exhibited was probably abusive or at least very emotionally manipulative, like lots of love bombing followed by, you know, punishments for like small perceived mistakes. I ended the relationship and then tried to maintain a friendship with this person. And the course of our friendship was similarly tumultuous, a lot of the same problems as I probably should have anticipated. Uh, but you live and you learn. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I cut contact completely. And that was, I think, uh, about a year ago. Okay. Sorry. I already, sorry, Tio already. Just in case I missed it. How long did you date for? You said two years? We were together for one year. One year. Okay. And when, was it you who ended it? Yes. And it was uh, for the reasons you listed, like the emotional uh, manipulation, et cetera. And you wanted to stay friends just for your own, you know, you didn't want the bad blood. There were certain shared interests that we had, shared hobbies, and I really wanted to be able to continue bonding over those things, um, which I guess in retrospect doesn't feel that important, but for whatever reason at the time felt very important. Mm. In general, I've been a person who stayed friendly with my exes, and so I didn't really anticipate that it would be a problem. Yeah. Um, so... Okay. Just curious. Just wanted to Mm -hmm. file that away. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. Continue. No problem. Yeah. So yeah. So I cut contacts and I haven't spoken to them, um, in about a year, you know, occasionally they've reached out to me, but it's been really minimal back and forth a few days ago. Um, their most recent partner reached out to me 
um, because I guess they recently broke up and she was very distraught. And it seems like in part, she wanted some amount of comfort from me or like at least to share our experiences. Mm -hmm. And in part also, she expressed that she wanted to apologize to me because um, she had realized that he had told her a lot of lies about me over the course of their relationship. And she felt bad for believing those lies and realized only after they had broken up that those things probably weren't true. Mm. And yeah, and so now I'm in a kind of tricky position where one, I don't know how comfortable I am maintaining contact with this woman, first of all. Mm. And second of all, you know, talking to her kind of brought up a lot of past anger that I didn't really think I was still holding on to it. And so I guess I'm just worried, like, what does that say about my, you know, healing journey that I'm still feeling these feelings of anger that I thought I was over? And what do I do about it? Okay, so just uh, more timeline housekeeping. Uh, When, sorry, when did it end again? And, And he's been dating this other girl since? Was there any overlap that you know of? Yeah, so I would say... Our romantic relationship ended two years ago. Our friendship ended one year ago. Okay. Uh, And was there any part of you that sort of appreciated being reached out to by the other woman in a sort of like, oh, it's cathartic to vent about what a sack of shit this guy is? Yeah, there was definitely, part of it was definitely that. Um, Okay. And it was also really validating, I think, because... I think there was a lot of internally for me, like questioning my assessment of the situation and then realizing that the same things that happened to her made me realize, oh, I'm not crazy. Like this is just his pattern of behavior and it wasn't my fault necessarily. And also I wasn't inventing these stories that she's, you know, expressing to me almost verbatim, the same things happening to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really nice. And, you know, I appreciated that she you know, care to apologize to me for something that I don't think she had to apologize for because it wasn't really her responsibility. Yeah. But, you know, over the past few days, she's been continuing to reach out. And at some point I feel like, I don't know if I'm the person who should really be there for her in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've become a caretaker. (laughs) Well, yeah. And she's probably latching onto someone who has been through what well, she's they can more recently. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Misery yeah. loves company. I've been in your exact position before. I think I've mentioned before my the my one really bad ex yeah. who was emotionally manipulative, love bombed, all the things. And I actually was reached out to by a more recent ex of his after they had ended things. And there was an element of it being cathartic and sort of like, oh, yeah, women bonding over this. But I know what you mean when it has been something like two years since you were romantically involved. It sort of feels like drudging up things that maybe are better left, you know, in the past and dead. And it certainly, I think, is probably serving her her more now than it is you because it is so much more recent for her. I'm sure you would have loved to have had someone to vent to right after it ended, you know? Definitely. It's a real luxury. Uh, yeah. So so your main question is, because it's a little different than what I thought it was for some reason coming into this call, you seem to be more focused on the fact that, like, does this mean that I'm more hung up on this than I thought? Meanwhile, yes. for, for some reason, I thought the question was more, uh, do you need to get closure by reaching out to him or anything like that? Yeah, I think when I had originally emailed you, that was 
more my main question because I was feeling like, you know, screw him. Like I want to <laughs> yell at him because yeah. I'm so angry again. And like, as I've been thinking about this call, I just like imagine Andy saying like, <laughs> don't reach out. That's a mistake. <laughs> like leave it be. Oh, your um, reputation precedes you, Andy. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm curious about your thoughts on that as well, but I'm also just curious, like, I guess, should I be concerned that it is bringing up old feelings? Like, does that mean I still have healing to do? Does it mean that I need to do something else to get closure if reaching out isn't a good idea? When you say bringing up old feelings, can you describe exactly what that is? I mean, mainly just like a lot of anger and just feeling like, I guess it's like this pettiness in me that feels like he deserves to be yelled at for like yeah. all the things that he did. And like, he deserves to be told off because he got away so easy and like no one pulled him off. Yeah. yeah. And he probably thinks that he duped you or is getting away with it. He probably doesn't know that the two of you are talking and, yeah. you know, sharing stories. Sure, sure. Yeah, he got away with a crime in your mind um, and you feel like he should be punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ideally by you. <laughs> okay, before you... Do, is it pressing? Because I have one more question too. No, go ahead. Okay. My question for you, Kate, is how were you feeling about this particular ex before this most recent ex of his reached out to you? Like, was this someone who was crossing your mind on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Good question. That's a great question. I would say I mostly felt like I wasn't really thinking about him. Occasionally, I would think about him and sort of like have those angry feelings, but it definitely wasn't on a daily basis. Maybe like once every few weeks, he would cross my mind and I would think, oh, wouldn't it be great to really show him? But then, you know, nothing would happen and I would move on. And just uh, again for housekeeping, are you seeing anyone now? I am, but casually. Okay. Do you want to go, Andy, or do you want me to go? And you don't have any feelings for this guy other than anger? No. Zero. Other than anger, no. Zero. Look, I think stuff like this should generally be left in the past as best as you can. I think the fact that you were, you know, it was kind of like, a, I guess, a symbiotic relationship with his ex, his his later ex, <laughs> that you guys shared, she was able to vent to you. You were able to vent about your past experiences with him. And that was great. But I do think that you would have been better off had she never reached out to you. I agree. Um, Because now that that wound isn't open, but the wound is, it's got a a crusty scab on it now (laughs) that you itch a lot. So I think, unless you really want to be friends with this girl, which would be a really nice, interesting way to become friends with somebody, uh, very unique. I think you should try to very politely and 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 diplomatically say, I'm, I don't want to talk about this with you anymore and shut that down and move completely 180 on with your life. I, I just think this was a little bump in the road that you, it wasn't your fault. Um, you were just being nice and you were, you know, also selfishly wanted to vent. Obviously, everyone wants that. But I think that uh, the best course of action would have been to not engage with her mm. and to not reopen a little, any kind of emotion. I don't know if I, I mean, <laughs> that's a little holier than thou. Like no, I know. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have. Yeah. I, I would be psyched. I, I would. But I never course. had the opportunity for some <laughs> guy who's dated some crazy ex of mine to reach out to me. I would have loved that. 
And I definitely would have embraced it. So I'm not blaming you. But I'm just saying that I think that you should shut it down. You're also not taking into account, though, the fact that she, as you earlier said, has taken on a sort of nurturing role for her. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, she's getting a little bit out of this, but she's giving more. I I see you engaging with the most recent ex as being more of an act of service on your part. Like, you're you're there for her. What I want to know, because I'm more interested in the in the dynamics of you with the most recent ex, I think it's a given that we're going to tell you not to reach out to him. The anger is not going to serve you. I think you were healing just fine. I don't think you heal from someone like that overnight. And I think you will probably always harbor a little bit of just anger towards someone who treated you like that, caused you so much emotional turmoil, manipulated you, continued to manipulate the story around you to other people you didn't know after you had broken things off. Like it's a very upsetting thing to learn after the fact, even after you extricated yourself. So I wouldn't read too much into that as you not being over it and needing some kind of closure because the fact of the matter is I don't think you can really ever get satisfying closure uh, surrounding a person like that because chances are he won't be able to take responsibility or apologize or give you the reaction you would want anyway. And so it's kind of like, a losing battle. And you may give him even more power. Uh, yes. I, I, I won't even dignify that question. <laughs> That's my answer on that. Sorry. So for me, I, I'm a little more interested in whether or not you should continue to engage with the more recent ex because, you know, there is there is some bonding that has happened, I assume. Is there anything about her that you appreciate or enjoy about her company? Or, is, or do you just feel that it's mostly causing you some turmoil emotionally? It's hard to say because I just don't really know her out at all outside of this particular conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really does feel like our any kind of friendship that we could build seems really centered on that at this point, at least. And so that feels kind of uncomfortable. And then also it feels like, you know, obviously this is so much fresher for her than it is for me. Yeah. And so it feels like she's really wanting to talk about it a lot. Yeah. And I you know, at first it was really nice and I enjoyed the venting. And then at a certain point started to feel like, you know, I, I don't really want this to be part of my life anymore. Like I've made you've this not hard. a part of my life. anymore. Yeah. You've worked your ass um, off to do the work that she kind of seems to want to do with you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, do you want to add anything else about that? Well, I think the other thing that's hard about it is it seems like, and I felt this way when I first ended things with him, which she expressed to me that she was really appreciative that she was able to talk to me because she felt kind of embarrassed talking to people she's closer with in her life that she kind of like fell for a person like this, if you will. And that that's a feeling that I've definitely had and I still have sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm sort of a safe space for her and that I have the shared experience and maybe I'm not part of her inner circle. Um, And so I think part of me feels kind of guilty, you know, yeah, I'd be protecting myself, but also I'd be cutting off this very vulnerable person who might not feel comfortable reaching out to anyone else at this point. I very much relate to your yeah. predicament here because that's what would haunt me about this. Like, you know what you need to do for your best interests, but there's still a part of you that has a heart, even if she's, you know, for all intents and purposes, a stranger. It still feels like if you can provide her so much comfort, then why wouldn't you? That's it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's that's very the, her emotional quotient is very high. Yeah, it's very noble. Yeah. Of you. And 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 I think that, you know, as much as you do want to 
stay in touch with her. And it's ap- apropos that the two of you have such a sweet little bond here yeah. <laughs> when, you know, you're, you're the foil you're working against is such a piece of S. But I think that any engagement with her comes at a cost to you and it, it impedes your growth and your progress in life. You know, you can, you can take from this that it was a very validating experience that you're like, oh, I certainly am not alone. Everything I felt was right. But all this does is kind of just keep you stuck a little bit, you know, a couple toes in the past. And there's nothing tremendously positive or healthy about that. So very simply, I think that you should pare down this relationship. Fade. Not power fade on her. Just fade very, very uh, communicate the fade with her. She deserves that. Mm-hmm. You guys have developed this bond. But I do think that you should try to minimize the contact with her unless you want to develop this into an actual normal friendship that doesn't involve just talking about this it just guy. doesn't sound which like is the, not foundation, happening. the foundation's not there. It's if not you there. said, oh, yeah, we also went shopping together and got coffee together and talked about other things <laughs> together, then I'd be like, oh. Yeah, we have all the same hobbies. <laughs> we like the same movies. Yeah. We read the same books. No, it's not that. For, for it's what not it's that. worth, when I was in your situation, I did meet the other girl we got i think dinner and yeah. drinks we went to a wine bar and god it felt good i mean i'm not going to pretend it didn't feel good to have something i had been holding on to for I, around 2 years so validated and then you know to be able to like fact check like we could sort of oh when he was when he was there like was he there and like he told me this he told me that you know there was some overlap and it was just so satisfying to really unwind all that and and realize that you are not crazy. However, I will say I noticed that she was a little more wrapped up in it. Like she would text me more about it. She heard that he was somewhere else. Things that I was no longer thinking about. Like I was no longer interested in where he was. It was more for me knowing that I indeed was not crazy and less about me keeping tabs on him today. And Well, it was actually freeing. It was, in fact, I think a powerful thing. And I think maybe you should try to take stock of that with yourself. The fact that you are not interested, that in and of itself suggests that you have moved on more than you're giving yourself credit for, actually. Because if you were still wrapped up, you would still be wanting to talk more about it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. But I I agree with Andy. You know, she's an adult. She has her friends. She's going to have to go through a, a, probably a year of this that you've already done the hard work to do and you didn't have one of you to rely on and you did just fine. I think you should communicate it. Be like, I have loved getting to know you and it's been really powerful for me to learn that I wasn't, you know, it was validating, blah, blah, blah. But then be like, you know, it's, I've found exactly what you've told us, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, like if she's a normal, reasonable person, she'll realize that, yeah, I don't I don't want to drag you back into the past. Do you think that that's too idealistic a take for you? I'm curious. No, I don't think so at all. I think that's really reasonable. I mean, I mean, I guess we could talk about like to what extent I've moved on separately. And maybe you're giving me a little bit more credit than I deserve in that (laughs) regard. Um, You tell you tell us. Maybe I am. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that if she's a reasonable person and I sort of say, you know, I'm not really interested in revisiting that part of my past. It's been nice talking, but, you know, I'd prefer not to. I don't really see a reasonable person getting angry about that or being particularly upset. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say if she's in a vulnerable place right now as it is, but 
Yeah, I think that's a reasonable request yeah. on my part. I yeah, think I don't see this becoming like a fatal attraction reasonable. situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. You could do what most humans would do, which is sort of just gradually fade and be less available until yeah. that she kind of gets the hint. You, I yeah. just think that given what hands. she's gone through and what you've bonded over, she can handle it yeah. and she deserves it. Yeah, and you've given her already a very big gift yes. of having an ear for this mm-hmm. and commiserating. But, you know, you can always blame it on your therapist, not even if you don't have one. It's my therapist really feels we should stop communicating. It's not my choice. So do you think that you are not fully over this? I think it's less about him and more about the experience, um, because since I broke things off with him romantically about two years ago, I haven't really had another significant relationship. And I think that's because, you know, I fell really hard for him. And then he turned out to be a very different person than what I thought at first. Mm-hmm. And I think I feel kind of scared and don't really trust myself that I won't be sort of similarly duped because I didn't really see it with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that I'm preventing myself from really developing stronger attachments to people because I'm I'm afraid that it'll end up similarly. Yeah. Okay. So I do relate to that, but I think that you're sort of focusing on the wrong side of the coin me like Mm. there are two sides to this and someone very recently who was also duped has reached out to you to say hey he was a a lying manipulative blah 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 so all the things that you thought have been confirmed as true and so that just makes him a liar it doesn't mean that you have bad judgment does that make sense Mm. like you can't it's there are a lot of bad people in this world and a lot of people who will say what they think you want to hear. And I think that you are not focusing on how you extricated yourself from that. You recognize that these were not healthy patterns. You felt yourself getting manipulated. If you dated him for like five plus years and then he broke your heart and you never really learned what happened or what went wrong, then I'd be a little more concerned. But you're the one that did all that work to get to the point where you should at the very least trust your own instincts when you're on a first date. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's validating. That's nice to hear. I mean, that's how I see it. Like when I hear you tell that story, I'm like, a lot of people never get to the point where they extricate themselves from that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Mm -hmm. people, especially when you're dealing with a narcissist who is a love bomber, who makes you feel guilty and wrong all the time. A lot of people are not strong enough to exit that on their own. So I would focus more on that, honestly. Yeah. You know, you're 29. I yeah. don't know if you've been listening to Dear Shandy long, but we consider that the golden age. Yep. And look. Oh, you really? Can, yeah, <laughs> yeah 29, 29 is good. Yeah. It's, it's the, That's a solid oh, age. That's it. That's where everything happens. It's the best age. Yeah. You don't want to be talking to exes of exes <laughs> when you're 29. <laughs> but For long. But I will say this. If you could take one thing from this experience, uh, it's that... This guy was shitty enough for an ex of his to reach out to another ex to talk about how shitty he was. (laughs) And I can promise you, I can't promise you, but I'm going to bet on it, very high percentage odds, that this person does not make a habit of ending relationships or being broken up with and then reaching out to other exes of the guy. Mm -hmm. So this was a unique experience, and it should show you that all guys are not like this. Yes, there are guys like this, but this was an exceptional case. It was validating, and it, it should make you realize that this guy was an outlier and that you should go forward without that kind of PTSD of thinking, like, the next guy is going to do this to me. Because chances are the next guy you meet is not going to be the kind of guy whose other ex-girlfriend reaches out to you to talk about how shitty he was. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
Okay. I also want to, I'm going to let you jump in in a second, but I want to quickly add to that. I don't know if you've heard yet. Our recent episode was with Alison Raskin, who recently bo- wrote a book on navigating romantic relationships when you have OCD, depression, anxiety. And we touched a bit on that feeling of feeling duped. And she said that a lot of her work has been overcoming caring so much about that. And I know that's something that I need to work on. Like I even had a reaction to her saying that. And I have come a long way from when I was your age and going through it with, you know, my, the ex that I've been talking about. But what she said was at the end of the day, like I'm not accountable for that. You know, someone, someone did me wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong for having been Mm-hmm. done dirty right and it's sort of like separating those two and, and not attaching your own instincts to that i i would sort of think about that a bit yeah i agree yeah that. that makes sense i mean well first of all i did listen to that episode and i really enjoyed it and i really enjoy her so i was really excited when i saw that you were nice. collaborating she was fabulous um yeah i mean i guess not to like you know tread past ground too much and like over litigate how much like I don't know, responsibility I have, but yes, I did extricate myself, but it took a long time. Like there was a lot of like stops and starts to it. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't like one day I woke up and was like, this is not okay. Like I'm out of here. Good for me. (laughs) It was very much like me realizing something was wrong, you know, pulling away and then him reaching back out, me getting Mm -hmm. sucked back in and a lot of that back and forth. Yeah. I guess maybe that has contributed to my concern that like, maybe I'm not, I don't know, fully capable of putting a hard stop on things like that and really fully recognizing them. And maybe I'm a little bit too forgiving um, at the cost of my own well-being. I mean, first of all, welcome to the human race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I relate heavily to what you're saying. This is not a a unique problem. Yeah, and I don't want you to think that when it ended with me and my manipulative ex, that it was cut and dry. Yeah, the first manipulation, like, oh, manipulation, (laughs) bye. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and like, and no way did the personality traits that made him manipulative in the relationship not extend past a breakup because of course someone like that doesn't want to see you walking away they want to make sure they still have power over you and they do not make it easy so this is actually very on brand for him to know that it was as messy and drawn out as it was also you guys are he would he would really enjoy not not to you know sort of (laughs) put out the cigarette on your wounds but he would really enjoy knowing that two of his exes are talking about him. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Based on his personality, you're giving him a lot of power. He he probably doesn't know that, but he would like this. So don't <laughs> yeah. give that to him. Yeah. The fact to me, again, this is just me and I don't want to be projecting, but to me, the fact that you were even thinking so much about this means that you're less likely to fall. If you just threw yourself into dating again and then got instantly got your heart broken by someone that you weren't even that into or didn't think you were that into, then I would be like, you've done your time here. You've done the work. As far as I can tell, the fact that you're doubting yourself so much makes me think that you think that there is this holy land of clarity that, to be honest, if I'm fully frank with you and I'm older than you, in my experience, didn't really come. I would say I never really got over that particular ex until I met someone that I really felt connected with and that it was a really healthy, trusting, 
loving relationship that I felt like that final piece of that pie or that puzzle was in place because it confirmed to me that I wasn't so dupable and it wasn't going to happen in every relationship. And what I don't want is for you to prevent yourself from experiencing that because you never even put your toe in the water. You know, yeah. you're not, you're no, not that even really resonates. Yeah. You're preventing yourself from getting the final piece of the puzzle that will help you come to trust yourself again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, yeah. I mean, that, I think that really resonates because I know that in other areas of my life, I often want like that certainty. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess that's a human desire in general, but yeah. Um, it can be hard to sit in the uncertainty and know like, yeah, it's possible this could happen again, but it's also not very likely. Yes, it's super unlikely. And the fact that you're even so hell bent on it not happening again tells me that you're less likely to fall for it than the the average person who hasn't gone through this. There's nothing wrong with spotting the signals sooner. Yes. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's not like you're traumatized. You're like, oh God, I'm so scared. You're, you're exhibiting some behavior. You just see them. You're like, oh, yeah. I, I know that. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. That's all. And I don't want to make it sound like you need another relationship to find yourself and confidence again. It's more that I get the impression from talking to you that you have plenty of confidence in other arenas of your life, but in this specific case, it really shook you because you yeah. didn't think you were capable of falling for something like this. And trust me, I get it to a T. I know exactly how you feel right now. There's, there's a hole and it's specific to romantic relationships. And that's why I love to hear that you're dating casually. And I think that you should continue to do that. Just trust yourself more. Like I know that's such a trite thing to say at the end of all this, but you are human, you know, and you, you were, you being duped does not make you an idiot. It makes him, a jerk. A, according to you, what do you call it? A piece of S? Because a piece of S, <laughs> yes. I already said because shit. I'm a the one with, show. <laughs> I'm the one with the potty mouth here. I did say shitty though. So, <laughs> somehow better. Somehow shitty is cuter than shit. <laughs> I think shit sounds more of like. You're right. Shitty does sound offensive. cuter than yeah, shit. Shitty is like a cute. It's like diminutive. Yeah. yeah. You know, let's say things were to get more serious with one of my casual, you know, paramours. Um, Is this something that I tell them about? Is that necessary? Would it be helpful to me? Like, is there any benefit to saying, okay. Down the road, maybe, but not. Certainly not in the paramour stage. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Certainly not in that stage. But like, yeah. Maybe. In the context of you both talking about exes, sure. Yeah, maybe, but it's not necessary. Again, giving power where it doesn't deserve power. Yeah, or unless it's in a the context of, just so you know, like if he's talking about his ex, you're talking about exes and past loves in general, and you can be like, yeah, my last ex was really manipulative. I, like that's why it really matters to me that you're just totally forthcoming, even if yeah, you don't exactly. think I want to hear it. You couch it as a compliment. That's a good way of yeah, well, killing two as birds. a compliment, but also like a, a boundary setting of like, or just a request, like if you feel a certain way like just please tell me like keep me in the loop so i don't feel like i don't know what's going on or like i'm being manipulated you know i i don't think it needs to be brought up more than that yeah i i implore you to to give this guy less uh what's the expression space space less airtime airtime bandwidth bandwidth (laughs) don't let him live Rent free. Oh, there you go. That's what I was going for, but it doesn't. All yeah. of yours were better, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of words. <laughs> bandwidth. Yeah, the fact that you're even thinking about that tells me you're still giving him too much bandwidth, and it 
it kind of pisses me off the more I think about it that you are being taken backwards here. Yeah. yeah. Don't be friends with this girl. No. <laughs> that's my new takeaway wow you really came around on that well it's just as she i think when i talked to you in the first 20 minutes of this call i was like oh she's totally over it she's just not sure how to handle his most recent ex and now i'm realizing just even based on your latest question that you're a little more one foot still stuck in the quick stand i mean the fact look i gotta be honest with you the fact that she hasn't sent you like a nice box of chocolates or wine or or something nice (laughs) she's kind of using you a little bit (laughs) You deserve a little bit of a, of a, of a gift. Maison du chocolat. Yeah. <laughs> the finest chocolat. Yes. Okay. Kate, any others? I think that's it. Thank you so much. Okay. Promise? You. You're going you're gonna to think about him a little less? And, and yes. what... I know that's easy to say. Think about him less. But a lot of that, I think, is cutting off the ties and the attachments to what would make you think about him more. I often, when we get questions, I'm always like, I always focus on like one little thing that to me means more than everything else. And to me, the thing that stands out the most of this entire call is the fact that you said before she reached out to you, you really weren't thinking of him very much. Yeah, yeah, Give yourself more credit. Yeah, you got pulled back in. Give yourself more credit for how far you've come. Yeah, you did all the right things. Yeah. You just ran into a, a little detour. Yeah. Not your fault. Yeah, because you're a nice person. Exactly. You're too nice. Don't You're be too, too good a person yeah. and you make too good choices. That's <laughs> the problem. Trop gentil. Right? <laughs> Très gentil. <laughs> Should we speak in French for the rest of this call? Yeah, that'll be a very, a very, <laughs> very short end of the call. <laughs> okay, Kate, thank you so much. And, and for you. joining us. I know it's late for you. And, right. and yeah, look out for number one. Thank okay. you. I, re- I really, really appreciate this. Uh, it, it was very helpful and also a little bit surreal. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can. Okay, Kate, have a great night and keep us posted on any developments. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good night. Uh, hmm. I guess I, I sometimes feel, feel myself saying trite things and I don't like it. So I'm the reason I'm not more stoked about that conversation is because I'm like, think about him less, like believe in yourself more. You've yeah. come so far. Like it just feels really rote, but yeah. it is honest to God how I feel. And like I said, the most important fact here is that she really wasn't thinking about him much. Yeah. Someone um, really can come into your life and take you backwards. I agree. I mean, unless you want to get really deep, psychologically deep with this. Yeah. This is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. I see where you're going with this. So to get psychologically deep would suggest that she was more hung up on this. Yeah. I mean, she's calling into a podcast. Oh. She's developing a relationship with his ex. Mm-hmm. She's living in a foreign country with all new paramours. <laughs> and she's seems to be a little wrapped up. You could really sort of, you know, start to cut into that a little bit and see what's under there. Do you want there. to right now? I, I don't, but I don't think, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do not. No, thank you. But I don't think that's necessarily important. I think really what's important here is for her to recognize that this isn't leading anywhere positive. Yes. It was a satisfying moment. Yes. And that's all. And it should be left in the past just like he's left in the past. Yes. You know, if we were to cut deeper here... So let's say you're right, and then the ex, the more recent ex, is just this catalyst for her to face the fact that she never really got over him. I just don't think that she would lie to us early on and be like, yeah, I I wasn't thinking about him much before she came along. 
I think that she was telling the truth. Yeah. The unfortunate truth here overall is that people like him are very difficult to get over. Yeah. Because it's not just the relationship you're mourning. It's the loss of your own inner compass. And it takes a while to trust it again. And I felt that way 100% after mine. Like I felt like such a fool. I felt like an idiot. I had told my parents that this guy was the one and I thought, you know, my, I was like so confident and to have the rug pulled out from under me was very jarring and upsetting. And so I think that a lot of what you hold on to after is not even the idea of, well, I know it's not him rather, but the idea of him, Mm -hmm. the idea of what you had, what he sold you, what your future was going to look like. And then also the fact that you believed it, you feel stupid. It's like, and when you're smart, like she is, nothing cuts you deeper than being made to feel stupid. Can I, I tell you a story? I was in Chinatown. I mean, this must have been 25 years, maybe even 30 years ago. It was a long time ago. Okay. And some I'm guy getting came, comfortable. I love your stories. <laughs> I was with two friends, and some guy came up to me, and he was like making like he had just stolen, and back then a camcorder. Those were the that's the hot item. Back then. <laughs> In like 1937. Oh my God, with but a VHS it, in it? Wait, was it a VHS or you recorded on a smaller thing that you then put on a VHS, right? I don't remember, but at the time, which I'm guessing was around 1990, it was the best, like that was top of the line video <laughs> equipment for the home. Okay. So I was I was into it. It's like, yeah. it's great. He's like, I'll give it to you for 50 bucks. I got to get rid of this. And I was like, and I was like, this, this seems really shady, but at the same time, it's like 50 bucks, you know, yeah, if you don't like take a it, hundred dollar camcorder, okay. like the story adds up. I was such an idiot. Um, <laughs> the story. Yeah. The story up. totally adds up. Seems legit. Oh yeah. I did my due diligence. <laughs> it's total airtight story. Yeah. So I bought it mm-hmm. and I, we, I remember we went to like a, a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant. So we were in Chinatown and it was, um, we? It was me, um, Sloanum. Oh. And this guy you don't know. Okay, I so guy friends. Name. Okay, and uh, it was a long, long ago friend that's now out of the picture. But I got to this restaurant and I was so psyched to open this thing, and I opened it up and I'm like, "Oh, oh this, this is, is sweet. This is a perfect crime." Yeah, like it's not me. I didn't steal it. Yeah, I was yeah. just, you know, some guy gave it to me. Yeah, I, the whole thing is packed solid with Chinese newspapers. Oh, yeah, crime does not pay, and you still remember it so clearly. I still remember it. I remember that's that seared into my brain and that hurt for a long time. Yeah. And look, 50 bucks back then was a lot of money. Well, yeah. And I know you well. Yeah. Like Andy doesn't like to be duped out of one dollar. No. Yeah. No. And 50 bucks you, then. You like having full power over how you spent every penny. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was very upset. And, and, and no, seriously, though, 50 bucks then yeah. is like now like $7,000 <laughs> of inflation. So it was a lot of money. But. I was very upset and I felt extremely duped. And I was like, how could someone do this to me? Yes. How could anyone, this is so, why would anyone do this to me? I'm so nice. Yeah. This is such a shitty thing to do. Yes. A shitty thing. (laughs) Oh, shitty. This is a good name for a dog. (laughs) Right? Someone should name their dog. Come here, shitty. Come here. (laughs) Sounds cute, right? It's like, who's a good shitty? Who's a good shitty? Okay, but continue. Okay. Um, so the the takeaway the, take the away, connection to Kate. The takeaway is that you just have to let go of that stuff. You have to be mm-hmm. like, you know what? I got burnt. Yeah. I learned a lesson and I can't let this occupy bandwidth. Bandwidth. 
anymore. Yes. That's it. That's the way. Look, it's easier said than done. If everybody did life this way, everyone would be living a perfect life. Yeah. But we we harbor we harbor we want revenge we want we want to right wrongs we want closure we want we want to tell someone how we feel about how how terrible or shitty they are yeah or i think some people not her in this case but i think some people even want to revisit it to rewrite the story yeah to somehow go back and and be like have been right all here i'm going to give you this box i put the newspapers back in and taped up you're going to take it and you're going to take it to the police and Mm -hmm. you're going to turn yourself in like you're right i'm going to do that yeah i think some people in kate's position secretly fantasize about actually getting back together with them and ending up with them i'm not saying she feels this way but i think some people do because ultimately it would mean that they weren't so duped and weren't made yeah. to feel so stupid along the way. You know, yeah. it means that they were right all along in this weird, twisted way. Yeah. So that's actually that kind of tracked, Andy. I'm impressed. Yeah. I wasn't sure about it, to be honest, when I started it, but worked out. <laughs> worked out. You got there. That reminds me of the time I was, I mean, I was scammed on eBay. Oh, yeah. Many years ago. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. That's even more. That's that's so cowardly. Like, oh, at least yeah. this person had the balls to come up to me in person. Yeah. This was before cell phones, when people actually scammed you in person. Yeah. Like, actually physically scammed you. It was an intimate encounter. Yeah. You felt like you got the honor of being scammed in person. Yeah. As opposed to now. Just some guy <laughs> behind a computer. <laughs> okay. No honor. No honor in that scam whatsoever. Still getting upset about it today. Yeah. Anyway, I think that what hurts her today more than anything is that yeah. feeling scammed. Yeah. It's awful. Absolutely. I, I don't want her to mix up the two. And I kind of wish I no. said she that. She was more moving on nicely. She did the right thing. She broke up with him. Mm-hmm. She moved on. And then she got pulled back in. <laughs> and she's got to get back out. Yes. Okay. That's it. I think that's a wrap for this call. I think Andy. it is. On a scale of one to ten, satisfaction level. Well, it it depends. Like so, some of them are really satisfying to me. This one. This wasn't a detective story. You're right. We, we didn't have to crack the case. Mm-hmm. But as far as me knowing that and us right. knowing yeah. that we're giving the right advice, yeah. is a ten. Ten. Yeah. As far as like the process, it's like a six and a half, seven. <laughs> Tops. Not we're not ranking her. It's just for us. No, she's because a, we're making it about us. She's a us. ten. Oh, now watch. People are gonna be like, "How dare you call her? You objectifying your caller." That's not what we're talking about. Okay, I think we can wrap. Yes. If you enjoyed what you hip, heard today, hop, the hippie, the hippie to the hip hip hop, and you don't stop, but rocking till the bam bam boogie. Up and all the rest. Is, was that big? The that was year rapping. that you got. I was rapping. Is that was that the song? That was a song from Name That Tune last night that I got, but I called it the wrong thing. I called it hip hop. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Mm -hmm. You are very good at that show, though. Other than that, yeah. Okay, I think I think we can wrap. Yeah, People do don't need to be subjected nope. to this anymore. I don't know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, subscribe. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Subscribe. And generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. And on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.